Well, greetings and hello. This is Jeffrey Bingham Mead, your host of the Greenwich Town for All Seasons show podcast. I am a direct descendant of the 17th century founders of Greenwich, Connecticut, and it is my sincerest pleasure to welcome you to today's September 29, 2021 show. So glad that you could be with us today. Now, whether you've been in Greenwich for 381 years, or for that matter, 381 seconds, well, guess what? We welcome you with open arms. And you know what? That means that you're also a part of our history. So uh, congratulations. Now, this is one of America's most fascinating and attractive communities. And uh, I ask you to join us as we explore and celebrate an evolving understanding of our history and culture. I hope that you will find our journey together an enjoyable one. And so really, without any further ado, why don't we just get started? Coming up on today's show. Well, sitting behind the gates of the Field Point Circle Association, the Priory is a 12,000 square foot home designed in circa 1916 by the renowned architectural firm Cross and Cross in the spirit of an English countryside estate. This great estate has a fascinating history, and I'll be here to share some details with you. In 1921, an inspector of the Connecticut State Police Department single-handedly prevented a catastrophic accident from occurring that involved a team of agitated runaway horses. I will also have some details about that. Tomorrow evening, the Greenwich Historical Society will be holding its 90th annual meeting and David Ogilvie Preservation Award at the Bellhaven Club. Now, you've no doubt passed by the Raynal Bowling Monument in front of the Havemeyer Building. That's the headquarters of the Greenwich Board of Education in downtown Greenwich at the intersection of Greenwich Avenue and Arch Street. Now, were you aware that there is another memorial for Cornell Bowling? But guess where it is? Well, you'll find out shortly. Now, summer has officially closed, and I'll share uh, some details on a popular resort destination in Greenwich and have some reflections about that. Its name, Island Beach. I'll have news of events, activities, and historical experiences open to all members of the public. I'll have all this and more as the show unfolds. So, my friends, sit back, relax, and get ready. Stick around. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these important messages. The Greenwich Historical Society's annual Fall Festival is on Saturday, October 9, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., and you're invited. Bring the whole family for a festive day on the beautiful Historical Society campus at 47 Strickland Road in Coscob. Sing and dance with the Trummy Tones, compete in the annual Scarecrow Building Competition, paint like the Coscob Art Colony Impressionists did, and help create a community masterpiece. Tickets are available online. $50 per family for members, $60 per family for non-members includes Scarecrow Supplies. For more information and tickets for all fall programming, visit GreenwichHistory.org or call 203-869-6899. Again, for more information and tickets for all fall programming, visit GreenwichHistory.org or call 203-869-6899. Nine nine. Support is made possible by 
Peter F. Alexander, you are the best. A member of the American Society of Landscape Architects and the American Planning Association, he is the founder and principal of Peter F. Alexander Landscape Architect. He's been in business since 1979. He is the founder of the Soundshore Environmental Information Institute. His notable projects include the Olympic Training Center at Lake Placid, New York, the Calf Island Conservancy here in Greenwich, Connecticut, its master plan, numerous residential projects and really a whole lot more. I've spent some time with Peter F. Alexander. He's a very, very intelligent man, a very gregarious one, and knows a lot about landscape architecture. I have learned so much from him, and he's a terrific gentleman to do business with. You can learn more about this wonderful resident, Peter F. Alexander, who is such a mainstay here in Greenwich, at sitedesignassociates.com. That's site designassociates.com. You can also call him at 203-869-8632. Again, that's 203-869-8632. And please, by all means, when you do call Peter F. Alexander, be sure to mention that Jeffrey Bingham Mead sent you. We also welcome Long Island Sound Institute. The Long Island Sound Institute understands that a bright future relies on brilliant ideas and methods. The Institute aims to use modern planning and implementing new technology to conserve Long Island Sound. Looking forward to its stewardship in the area. To learn more about LISI, go on the web to www.lisistudy.info or call 475-897-5444. Again, that's 475 475- Eight nine seven five four four four. Well, the end of summer and the start of autumn is this very, very special time in Greenwich, Connecticut, and the rest of the New England states here in America. Now, it conjures up sentiments of vacations, quieter times, warm days, and cool nights. Uh, Maybe you're back in school. Maybe your children are back in school. And there is, of course, the occasional superstorm or hurricane, but... Uh, given recent history, let's not go there, shall we? All right. Now, uh, one of uh, on one of our recent hot sunny days, I volunteered to help a neighbor whose grass was well uh, a, a tad bit high. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Now, knocking it all down with my trusty gas-powered string trimmer, all was going well. That is. Well, until the head mysteriously ceased spinning, the drive shaft started vibrating in a very excited manner. Uh, my, my intuition tell me that this was not very good. Now, this exciting turn of events was not necessarily good news, as it turned out, but at least all this disappointment unfolded after the last strands of the tall grass had been cut down to size. So, let's be honest, my, my, my timing was pretty good. Now, my neighbor was lucky, but me, well, hmm, not so much. All right. So, my go-to people in such hours of need are Herbie and Missy Farquhar. They are the fine proprietors of Banksville Lawn Equipment. Uh, I grew up with uh, Herbie and Missy Farquhar back in the day. Um, I dashed to their establishment on Banksville Road, um, and one of the novelties of this mecca for those who cherish the bliss associated with uh, sound, smooth, running lawn tools is that you can cross the road to the Banksville Community Center and be in Greenwich. Cross back, and you are standing in New York State. Now, I've known Missy and Herbie since we were children growing up in Greenwich's backcountry. 
country, and as I was walking uh, out of the garage, a fleet of lawnmowers and tractors caught my attention, and one caught my eye in particular. Now, its brand name, it's one that you probably don't know very well, but it's called Cub Cadet. Now, I smiled a bit, and I remarked it to Missy with uh, a feeling of nostalgia that my late father owned one of these gems uh, when uh, we had our uh, our place over in Backcountry Greenwich uh, off Upper Lake Avenue in Round Hill. Now, responding in return with a nostalgic smile of her own, Missy said, oh, we still have your father's, and it still runs. Now, I have to tell you, my father died 11 years ago. Um, and he was 86 years old at the time, hadn't used uh, his Cub Cadet in uh, God knows uh, how many years. So this was really, I have to admit, quite a surprise. And indeed, I will confess that my jaw dropped to the ground when that news flash spirited me. Um, it's the kind of, uh, of news that, quite frankly, gladdens the heart. Now, it, they named it Herb in uh, the, uh, the name of my late father's uh, memory. This writing mower was retrieved a few years before dad died uh, again 11 years ago. Um, it was parked among uh, the other seemingly forgotten tractors uh, of a bygone day, and one day they brought it into the garage, cleaned it up a bit, serviced a few things, and lo and behold, it started right up. That tells you something about um, you know lawnmower engineering back in the day. Now, this revelation brought back memories of my upbringing on my dad's uh, gentleman's farm up in, uh, in Round Hill. Uh, it was a really great place, I have to admit, to, uh, to grow up. We had farm animals, we had uh, trees, forests, uh, hills. Um, it began with a total of, um, uh, of 16 acres. It was really a paradise. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it really was, although I have to admit that one of my chores before I went off to Parkway Elementary School was that I had to feed all the animals before I went off to, uh, to school. That meant that uh, just as I do today, I had to get up at around five o'clock in the morning. But enough about that. Now, uh, it, uh, th this uh, news of the tractor and the sight of it, uh, it brought back memories of fun times behind the wheel in my elementary and middle school years, and it reminded me uh, that a celebration of personal history is full of joy and surprises. Um, I recalled uh, those times when Dad was training me riding that Cub Cadet uh, in the lively tradition of, uh, of cutting the lawn. This was way before, of course, I got my driver's license at age 16. Now his hands and, and arms uh, signals in retrospect reminded me of those souls uh, in uh, airport runways, uh, telling aircraft which way to go and, um, and so on. Um, as a good student, I did my duty and followed directions, although I'm going to confess to you uh, now uh, of intentionally demonstrating my growth and independence by sometimes straying off my dad's prescribed directions, and that caused facial expressions long associated with the, shall we say, fatherly annoyance and uh, frustration. Uh, <laughs> now, when all was said and done, lessons went well, and the lawn was cut until the um, un until the next time. I, I mention this because, you know, in our everyday lives, uh, you know, we encounter people and we encounter circumstances and uh, and what have you. And um, who knows, maybe something like this will, uh, will happen to you, or you will run into some uh, object uh, associated with uh, with your childhood. You know, it is all history. Um, and it doesn't have to be my history in this case. Uh, it is mine, but it doesn't have to be yours. But I really do hope that, uh, that as you um, explore, that you... Uh, uh, that you go on with your lives and everything, that things like this will happen. It really makes your day. It certainly made mine. Uh, and so uh, there you have it. Uh, remember, history is very personal. And, um, and I hope that, uh, that your history 
uh, the one that is now um, you know behind you, the one that is happening now, and the history that is before you are fantastic ones that bring you uh, an abundance of smiles. Well, my friends, your opportunity to get hands-on with the Create in the Barn series is coming up at the Greenwich Historical Society. Now, mark your calendars for October 21, year 2021, of course, is coming up in a few weeks, Mixed Media Painting Workshop with Katie Gary. Now, for over a century, the Bush Holly House and Grounds have nurtured creativity, design, and artful living. Of course, it is the home of America's first uh, American Impressionist art colony in Cascab. This fall, join us for intimate hands-on workshops celebrating creative expression from floral design and painting to entertaining and decorating. Join us for cocktails and camaraderie presented with local realtor Karen McKenna and hosted in our historic barn. And again, the next one coming up is on October 21st, year 2021, Mixed Media Painting Workshop with Katie Gary. This is $80 for members, $90 for non-members, and you can learn more by going online to GreenwichHistory.org. Again, go online to GreenwichHistory.org. You can also call the Greenwich Historical Society anytime at area code 203-869-6899. You know, also at the Greenwich Historical Society, History in the Making Honoring the Philanthropy of Barbara and Ray Dalio is coming up on October 13, 2021. The Greenwich Historical Society's long-awaited History in the Making Award Dinner Honoring the Philanthropic Leadership of Barbara and Ray Dalio is set for October 13, so please mark your calendars. Philanthropist, author, and Carlisle Group founder David Rubenstein will interview the Dalios in an intimate conversation, and Indra Nui, the past honoree and former chairman of PepsiCo, will present the award. Proceeds from the event support the expansion of the Greenwich Historical Society's education programs, including its partnership with Title I schools in Greenwich. Individual tickets are now available. And again, you can go to GreenwichHistory.org. Again, GreenwichHistory.org. You can also call 203 869-6899. You know, my friends, I have an opportunity for you to be at a wonderful fundraiser on one of Greenwich's great estates, and this will, of course, help our good friends over the Greenwich Historical Society. I'm talking, of course, about the Full Fet, which is going to be held at Foundation House at Old Mill Farm. This is going to be on November 4th. And here is how it goes. Celebrate the best of fashion, art, and design at an evening in one of Greenwich's Elizabethan-style great estates. Presented in the tradition of antiquarius, Fulfet is a critical fundraiser benefiting Greenwich Historical Society's programs in education, historic preservation, and the arts. This year's event is presented by Oscar de la Renta, led by Chairs Holly Casson, Heather Georges, Deborah Schmidt-Robinson, and Catherine Tompkins, and supported by co-chairs Alexandra Kittle, Douglas Janetto, and Mimi Moulton. Site of the circa 1796 Sylvanus Selleck Grist Mill, listed on the National Register of Historic Places, the Old Mill Farm Estate was built in 1927, is the former estate of actor Mel Gibson, and is today the home of Foundation House. My friends, you can go online 
at greenwichhistory.org. Again, greenwichhistory.org. Uh, for more information and to purchase tickets, um, you can also call 203-869-6899. Again, that 203-869-6899. This really sounds like a fantastic or, uh, event to go to, and I invite you to attend. Support is made possible by... Peter F. Alexander, you are the best. A member of the American Society of Landscape Architects and the American Planning Association, he is the founder and principal of Peter F. Alexander Landscape Architect. He's been in business since 1979. He is the founder of the Soundshore Environmental Information Institute. His notable projects include the Olympic Training Center at Lake Placid, New York, the Calf Island Conservancy here in Greenwich, Connecticut, its master plan, numerous residential projects, and really a whole lot more. I've spent some time with Peter F. Alexander. He's a very, very intelligent man, a very gregarious one, and knows a lot about landscape architecture. I have learned so much from him, and he's a terrific gentleman to do business with. You can learn more about this wonderful resident, Peter F. Alexander, who is such a mainstay here in Greenwich, at sitedesignassociates.com. That's site designassociates.com. You can also call him at 203-869-8632. Again, that's 203-869-8632. And please, by all means, when you do call Peter F. Alexander, be sure to mention that Jeffrey Bingham Meads sent you. We also welcome Long Island Sound Institute. The Long Island Sound Institute understands that a bright future relies on brilliant ideas and methods. The Institute aims to use modern planning and implementing new technology to conserve Long Island Sound. Looking forward to its stewardship in the area. To learn more about LISI, go on the web to www.lisistudy.info or call 475-897-5444. Again, that's 475 475- Eight nine seven five four four four. As many of you know, we in Greenwich, Connecticut, are commemorating and celebrating the 125th anniversary of the founding of the Greenwich Police Department. And so from time to time, we're going to have some crime stories uh, from uh, Greenwich history. And... Uh, this one's kind of strange. I'm going to admit it to you. Um, let's see what, what you have to say. Uh, if you would like to contact me with your uh, comments, you can always do so anytime by going on your email and sending your comments to Greenwich A Town for All Seasons at gmail.com. Again, contact me. I'm Jeffrey Bingham Mead, your host here at the Greenwich A Town for All Seasons show podcast. And you can email me anytime at Greenwich A Town for All Seasons at gmail.com. This is from September 1921, so uh, 100 years ago, roughly. And, um, the headline on this says, Shoe Leather Bank. Bowles misses $2,000 placed in toe of his shoe. Yes, 
I'm very, very serious. Could you imagine if you uh, saw your name associated with a, a headline like that, whether it was 100 years ago or, or, or even in, um, in, in the early 21st century, of course, that we're in right now, uh, I, I think you'd be rather mortified. Uh, so anyway, I'm just going to, um, uh, to read this story uh, to you. It goes like this. David Bowles of Greenwich, proprietor of a cafe on Lewis Street, has reported to the Greenwich police the loss of $2,000, again, this is in 1921, which he believes was stolen from the toe of one of his shoes. On Labor Day, Bowles sent a pair of shoes to a boot black here to have them shined and forgot for the moment that he had placed $2,000 in bills of large denominations in the toe of one of them. The, show, the shoes were returned, but the money is missing. <clears throat> yes, Ambro Bo Ambrose Bowles, a brother of David, was held up and robbed of a considerable sum of money some time ago, and it is said that Dave Bowles has since been afraid that he might be held up in a similar manner. So he used the toe of his shoe as a bank. <clears throat> yes, the Stamford police have been assisting the police, I assume the Greenwich police, in the search for the man who shined Bowles' shoes, for he is believed to be a resident of Stamford, one suspected by the local police is uh, as being the party guilty of the money was held here but later released from custody that's the end of the story so um i, I don't know uh, how many of you put uh, put money in your shoes for rest or safekeeping i I would imagine that it's um, not very many of you i'm sure that there's an exception out there uh, who knows but uh you know, just remember to, um, you know, to keep your wallet or keep your money or whatever it is, your cash, credit cards, debit cards, uh, coupons, I don't know, um, in a place where you can remember and, um, and not send them off, uh, as uh, Mr. Bowles did uh, 100 years ago. Hmm. Uh, the following is a story that uh, I found in the Greenwich News and Graphic. It uh, dates from September 2nd, uh, 1921. So again, uh, roughly... Uh, 100 years ago, and it's about Island Beach. Um, its uh, headline is a popular resort, and this really caught my eye uh, because, again, we're, we're talking about 100 years ago, 1921, and um, the subheadline says Island Beach has had 80,000 patrons this summer. I mean, can you believe that? This is 100 years ago. I don't know how many people uh, went out to, um, to Island Beach uh, this year, uh, 2021. It'd be interesting to uh, to find that out and how it compares. Uh, so let me, again, just read this story to you. It's a rather short one. So here we go. All right. The patronage at Island Beach the past summer has far exceeded the expectations of the town officials. Thus far this season, the Island Beach, which has a capacity of 300 passengers, has carried at least 80,000 persons to this popular town resort, and the boat has covered more than 9,000 miles in her trips to and from the beach without a single accident. That's really good. Well, now, during the, uh, the, the two seasons, the boat has been in operation. She has been off duty but four days, and then only minor repairs were necessary. From the present popularity of Island Beach, a much larger boat will be needed in the future. 
Captain Clarence Palmer and Winfred Winfield Mills, the engineer, both take pride in the Island Beach boat, and she is kept in A1 condition. I have to admit, folks, that that is still very much the um, the case today. The Island Beach boat is really a point of pride for uh, so many Greenwich residents, uh, you know, and um, and Island Beach is uh, is truly one of um, of the town's treasures. Now, of course, we're closed for the season. Um, but um, it is something to look forward to for uh, for next year, and um, and I hope that those of you who were able to get out to uh, to Island Beach uh, were able to do so and to um, and to enjoy uh, the uh, the facilities out there, the beach and everything else. Um, it was so great to to see in Greenwich Free Press that the the snack bar had been uh, reopened. Uh, that was really fantastic uh, news, uh, but truly one of the uh, the great treasures of the whole Island Beach uh, experience is to ride the boat uh, from uh, the dock at Greenwich Harbor out to the beach to see the um, uh, the mansions over in uh, Field Point and uh, and Bell Haven, uh, and um, and to see uh, some of the larger yachts that are uh, berthed in uh, Greenwich Harbor and um, other things. Uh, along the way. Something to look forward to as you plan uh, for year 2022 uh, and uh, the season uh, of uh, of summer over there. It's never too early to anticipate that. So hope you all had great memories for those of you that went out to, uh, to Island Beach. There are those in the uh, early years of the 21st century that we are in right now who are very preoccupied with um, all things carbon. You know, you hear about carbon tax and um, you know, proposed and all sorts of things to do with uh, with carbon. Um, believe it or not, I found an ad uh, from 100 years ago in one of the Greenwich uh, papers. Um, it's a uh, motor gasoline uh, ad, and um, and and the uh, the text is very very interesting. Um, and uh, I'd like to uh, to just read this too. I'm also going to post this at uh, Greenwich Town for All Seasons blogspot.com. You'll be able to uh, to see it uh, there. The uh, the ad is um, it's uh, it, it's a drawing, not a cartoon, but it's a drawing of a man who is holding a um, a gas pump hose. Um, he's standing behind a gas pump, and then next to him is a um, uh, an automobile, again from a hundred years ago, with a man uh, in a um, in a hat and um, uh, jacket and uh, and tie and and uh, collared shirt, um, and the uh, the text uh, goes as follows. Says the dealer, quote, less carbon. Quote, some motorists have a lot of trouble with carbon. Believe me, there would be less knocking on hills, fewer fewer scratched cylinder walls, and less spark plug fouling if everybody would use Ciccone gasoline. Quote, it has taken nearly two generations of refiners to produce Ciccone, but when you have it in your tank, you know you are right. It's all clean power, no waste, full mileage, quick starting, always pure, always uniform. Um, and apparently, uh, Ciccone, uh, I think that's how you pronounce it, it's spelled S-O-C-O-N-Y, um, motor gasoline. It is produced by the Standard Oil Company of New York. I guess it's the abbreviation of the um, of the company. And then there's a quote that says, every gallon the same. Uh, I guess people were preoccupied that maybe when they bought gas, they wouldn't get um, you know quite the amount uh, that they they wanted. I don't know who knows, but it was a very interesting uh, thing to um, uh, to find that uh, that people even back then, well maybe in a, in a different way of course, uh, were uh, concerned about all things to do with uh, with carbon and uh, seeing it reduced. Who knows? 
You know, one of the things that I like to do uh, is uh, to walk up and down Greenwich Avenue. And, um, and if you've known me for any amount of time, one of the things that you know that is a very, very big morning preoccupation with me is that I absolutely positively must have uh, morning coffee. I just can't get my day off, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. I know that I have a lot of company out there. Um, and fortunately, in, um, in this day and age, in uh, year uh, 2021, we have uh, a growing number of uh, coffee cafes and coffee houses uh, sprouting up on, uh, on Greenwich Avenue. Um, there's one in particular uh, that uh, is um, uh, located uh, across the street from the old uh, post office uh, at the intersection of uh, Arch Street and, um, uh, and, uh, and Greenwich Avenue. Uh, it's a favorite of mine, and, um, uh, and I, I like to go there, order coffee, and to sit outside. Um, actually, in most all kinds of weather, um, except for the rain, obviously. Um, and so if you have walked anywhere in that area of the intersection of Greenwich Avenue and Arch Street at the old uh, post office, um, you've probably noticed the, um, uh, the memorial for um, Colonel Raynal Bowling. Um, of course, he was the first American officer of high rank to fall in, um, in World War I. Um, he was a Greenwich resident, and there was, of course, a very large memorial to him uh, that, um, uh, that is there in front of the Havemeyer Building, the headquarters of the uh, Board of Education. Uh, but did you know that that is not the only memorial to, uh, to Colonel Bowling? This is something that I only found out recently, um, and I wanted to share this with you. Um, uh, this is from an edition, let me see. Oh, yes, from the August 26, 1921 edition of the Greenwich News and Graphic. Um, and it goes as follows. So follow along with me here. Dr. J.C. Phillips establishes Grove in California to Colonel's memory. And it goes, uh, uh, and I quote it as uh, the story as follows. As a memorial to Colonel Raynal C. Bowling of Greenwich, first American officer of high rank, to give his life in the World War while in the United States Air Service, Dr. J.C. Phillips, a Wenham, Massachusetts brother-in-law of Colonel Bowling, has established the Bowling Memorial Redwood Grove on the South Fork of the L River in Humboldt County, California. The grove has been purchased by Dr. Phillips, and a deed will be given to the Redwood League. It will be held by the League until it is made public property and assured of being preserved for the generations to come. A memorial tablet to Colonel Bowling has been placed near the highway at the entrance of the grove. It reads as follows, quote, This grove is dedicated to the memory of Colonel Raynal C. Bowling, SC, USA, lawyer, patriot, soldier, born September 1877 at Arkansas, killed in action during the German offensive near Armaines, France, March 26, 1918, the first American officer, high rank, to fall in the World War. I would love to hear from uh, any of my uh, listeners. Uh, who may be familiar with uh, this location, Humboldt County, California, 
um, at the South Fork of the um, of the El River. Uh, I haven't been to California in quite a number of um, of years, but maybe uh, some of you have been, and it would be very interesting to um, uh, to find out if uh, this memorial uh, grove is uh, is still there. So if you can find out uh, about this, would you please contact me? I'd love to hear from you. Again, my email address that you can reach me at any time is GreenwichAtownForAllSeasons at gmail.com. I'll say that again. And by the way, it's all in one word. GreenwichAtownForAllSeasons at gmail.com. Really, I'd love to hear from you. And um, if even if you don't have uh, an answer to uh, to this query of mine um, and uh, and all, if you have any questions about Greenwich history that you would like to uh, to contact me about, I, I would love to hear from you. So uh, please mark that email address that I just gave out, GreenwichAtownForAllSeasons at gmail.com. Contact me with your questions about anything uh, to do with the uh, history and culture of the town of Greenwich, Connecticut. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. <laughs> Tomorrow night, the Greenwich Historical Society will be holding its annual meeting, the 90th annual meeting, um, at the Bellhaven Club. That would be on September 30th, uh, 2021, from 5.45 to 8 p.m. One of the special aspects of the meeting is going to be a special presentation of the inaugural David F. Ogilvie Preservation Award and the Greenwich Landmarks Recognition Ceremony. Um, at that time, uh, four Greenwich structures owned, designed, or dedicated to trailblazing women will receive bronze, bronze plaques um, in recognition of their design excellence and value in preserving Greenwich's unique ar- architectural heritage. Um, David Ogilvie will be uh, granted posthumously the Greenwich Historical Society's first David Ogilvie Preservation Award um, to recognize his contributions to historic preservation in um, in Greenwich. Um, one of the things that I wanted to do to uh, recognize David Ogilvie's um, outstanding um, uh, contributions to the preservation of the history and culture of Greenwich, Connecticut, is to read an article um, that um, uh, that I found, um, and it was uh, written by Ann Sems uh, of the uh, Greenwich Sentinel. Um, it is dated February seventh, uh, twenty twenty, um, and the headline is "Saying Goodbye to Greenwich Icon and Friend David Ogilvy," um, and it uh, it goes as follows. On Monday, the town of Greenwich lost one of its most notable citizens, David Ogilvy, a realtor with an international reach with a lifelong commitment to his community. He died at age 77 from his off-again, on-again battle with multiple myeloma surrounded by his family. Ogilvy grew up with a name synonymous with advertising. His father, David, was founder of the Ogilvy and Mather Advertising Agency, But young David's expertise would be in buying and selling some of Greenwich's most beautiful residences. Founding David Ogilvy & Associates in 1985, that became the exclusive affiliate for Christie's International Real Estate. He recently sold his firm to Sotheby's International Realty in 2019. Quote, I started in real estate at age 24, unquote, he once told Quote, and have loved it ever since, unquote. And, and of course, that, uh, that was very, very true. David was the consummate gentleman and a purveyor of all things real estate, said Pam 
Pagnani, Sotheby's senior vice president and Greenwich brokerage manager. Quote, his name is synonymous with Greenwich real estate and his legend will live on. We all thought of David as a trusted and talented colleague. He is what every agent aspired to be. He will be missed greatly and we will proudly carry on his legacy. Once asked during his tenure with David Ogilvy Associates how he would approach selling a $10 million house versus a $1 million house, um, he replied, quote, everybody's house is their castle. We always mention that the $1 million house is as important to that owner as it is to the $10 million house owner. I hope that everybody who buys a house loves the house. That's why we're in the business. As a company, we work very hard finding the right house for the right person. And so it is a love affair, unquote. Ogilvy was also proud of his town and spent considerable time working to conserve its historic houses and properties. He served on the advisory council of the Greenwich Historical Society and was former president of the Greenwich Land Trust and a longtime supporter of the Greenwich Tree Conservancy. His efforts were also instrumental in conserving the Pomerantz-Tuckman property in Coscob, next to the Montgomery Pinetum, and in the town's acquisition of the Latin's Rock Preserve in Old Greenwich. He was first recipient of Audubon's Lifetime Conservation Achievement Award. With his Profile of grace and generosity in his service to his community. Ogilvy was honored as one of only two recipients ever to receive the Boys and Girls Club National Medallion Award. The list of his nonprofit support goes on and on, but one has to add his being chosen Harpoon Club honoree. He was actively involved in supporting the multiple myeloma. Research Foundation. Whatever organization he loved, he left it in a better place. A graduate of Brunswick School, Ogilvy had attended Greenwich Country Day School that would honor him with their Distinguished Alumni Award. With a love of sailing, he would serve as Commodore of the Belhaven Yacht Club. He leaves behind his devoted wife, Anne, daughters Melinda Fairfield Ogilvy, and Charlotte and Wells Polar. In addition, he is survived by his stepchildren from his first marriage, Friedolf William Stillman and Christopher Hansen. David Ogilvy, and this is from the obituary, will be remembered tomorrow, Saturday at 3 p.m. at the memorial service at Christ Church, Greenwich, 254 East Putnam Avenue. That was um, a, a fine, uh, a really, really fine tribute that uh, Ann Sims wrote for uh, for David Ogilvy. Um, he really was a, um, a a true Renaissance man, and um, and the fact that um, that an award at the Greenwich Historical Society has been named in his honor is um, is uh, truly a, a, a wonderful thing, and uh, something that uh, that uh, we will remember him for for many, many, many years uh, to come. One of the things that um, Anne didn't mention, but um, is well known to us that that he was a descendant of the founders of uh, Greenwich uh, through um, his mother's uh, lineage. He was a, a direct descendant of um, uh, of the Ferris family, and um, and of course, I believe that one of the things that he was very much involved in was the preservation of the Feek Ferris House over on Shore Road in Old Greenwich, uh, which, um, as many of us know today, is uh, the oldest house still standing in Greenwich, uh, Connecticut today. So that is something that uh, that we are also very, very grateful for the uh, the late David Ogilvy uh, for um, for giving the town of Greenwich. <laughs>
If you have known me for any amount of time, you are aware of my near obsession with the activity of hiking. It's, it's been nearly two years in which I've been here in my ancestral home here in Greenwich, Connecticut, though um, uh, in my other home in Hawaii and elsewhere in the um, Indo-Pacific uh, Rim. Um, it's, it's something that is never far from, uh, from my mind or from my heart. Um, I love to travel, as, uh, as many of you know, and throughout my global ex- explorations over the past quarter century, I am constantly reminded that we walk through humanity's colorful and complicated history everywhere that we go, and that's including here in uh, a community like Greenwich, Connecticut. You know, what a dazzling experience it's been for me to, uh, to walk in places uh, dating back um, untold centuries, uh, contemplating history's kaleidoscopic moments, um, and movements, uh, shifts and changes, uh, stories and legends of um, uh, really do add texture to the experience of, uh, of these journeys on foot. Um, stories about historical figures you may or may not know are always there as our companions uh, studying, standing ready uh, to tickle your fancy. And, um, you know, as a historian uh, uh, and a lecturer and academic and uh, all sorts of other things, that uh, that certainly is uh, true. One of the things that I invite you to do, um, especially since the weather here in uh, Greenwich is, um, is still warm, uh, we, we haven't had any snow yet, and I hope we don't for a while anyway, um, is to go out and and, um, and and go hiking around uh, around town. It's 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 a wonderful experience to go out and to see uh, Greenwich, Connecticut, or any community on foot. Um, of course, you have to be a little bit careful because uh, people do drive a little bit fast. So I'd like to make an appeal to those of you who are uh, drivers um, in Greenwich or any community, wherever you are, uh, that uh, listen that is listening to me right now. Would you please slow down and um, and and maybe be a little bit more uh, cautious? Um, for the pedestrians that are um, out there um, enjoying the uh, the uh, the weather and the sights of um, of our landscape uh, here in Greenwich and uh, elsewhere, uh, it's a wonderful thing to do. It's great exercise, and uh, given some of the aspects of the um, of the pandemic that uh, that we have all been experiencing uh, worldwide, um, it really is good to get outdoors and to enjoy the fresh air and uh, to take in the sights that are um, are, are all around us. Now, one of the things that um, I wanted to kind of uh, do as we conclude today's podcast is that I wanted to take you on a little bit of a journey to uh, a very, very special uh, great estate mansion that um, is uh, still with us. Although um, I do have some news that I need to share about this that um, uh, that you may not like very much, and um, uh, that includes me, by the way. Uh, the place that I'm referring to is known as the Priory. It is an historic 1916 mansion that is located on Greenwich, Connecticut's coveted Field Point Circle. Uh, it recently sold uh, for, uh, I believe, about $25 million dollars. Um, and um, in in July nineteen uh, uh, twenty twenty, I mean, sorry, I'm getting my centuries mixed up. What's wrong with me? Um, the address is one thirty Field Point Circle. Please don't go there. There is a gate, and um, the security man will not let you through until uh, or unless rather you have uh, authorization to go there. Um, but the reason that I bring it to your um, attention is that it has a very 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 special history, and I got to tell you, it's an extraordinary sight to uh, to see this mansion. If you've taken the island beach boat uh, and you've looked over toward uh, Field Point uh, Circle, the Bellhaven uh, area, 
um, you can see it uh, from the um, from the waters of uh, Greenwich Harbor. Um, recently, my very good friend and uh, sponsor of this uh, of this podcast, uh, uh, that would be, of course, Peter F. Alexander, um, contacted me and he said, "Come on, let's go for a boat ride." And of course, you know, when Peter contacts you for a boat ride, you don't refuse. So uh, ran down as fast as I could, uh, jumped on board the. Um, uh, on board his uh, his boat uh, over in Cascap Harbor, we went out and and uh, and all. And as we rounded uh, and headed uh, towards uh, towards Greenwich Harbor um, and toward the area of the Bellhaven Club and um, and and whatnot, uh, this particular house, the Priory, as it's known as, um, is it, it it's just right there uh, up on top of the hill there's a big lawn that stretches down to um uh, to the uh, to the shoreline it is a remarkable place and a remarkable site the thing that i do have to tell you that's also a bit remarkable unfortunately is that um the new owners uh, have apparently applied for uh, permission to demolish the mansion uh, i have no idea why the one thing that i can tell you uh, is that the Greenwich Historical Society has decided to uh, to protest this, uh, and uh, they have gone to uh, to the town government and uh, and done so, which um, of course puts in a delay of demolition. Uh, so uh, there is some time uh, for uh, all the parties involved to uh, hopefully persuade the owners to uh, to change their mind and to preserve this uh, landmark as i hope that it will be it is a remarkable place what i'm going to read to you um right now is uh, an excerpt from uh, pricypads.com uh, of all of all websites well you have to wonder well no actually you don't have to wonder i mean uh, 25 million dollars is pretty pricey for a piece of real estate i think even david ogilvy would <laughs> would agree with that um but this has a a, a wonderful description that i'd like to to share uh, with you. Um, and it goes as follows. A charming historic home with a storybook aesthetic on a 2.4 acre waterfront estate has hit the market in Greenwich. Now, as we know, it's um, uh, it, it has been uh, sold. Um, the home sits behind the gates of the Field Point Circle Association, which offers just 27 home sites with a single access point and 24-hour security, making it one of the nation's most prestigious addresses. Known as the Priory, the 12,000-square-foot home was designed in circa 1916 by architectural firm Cross & Cross in the spirit of an English countryside estate. Through the ivy-covered front door awaits the paneled grand entry with its soaring three-story carved wooden staircase. The adjacent double living room is bookended by stately fireplaces and flooded with light thanks to the span of windows and French doors out to the terrace and water beyond. Spectacular water views and a glimpse of Oyster Bay, that would be over in Long Island, of course, can be seen from the dining room, gourmet kitchen with double island and breakfast room. There are eight bedrooms and nine bathrooms throughout. Um, the 2.4-acre estate includes a private beach with mooring, a swimming pool, tennis court, and 75 feet of waterfront. But as with all such homes, uh, there is more to the story. And I have one that is um, from MansionGlobal.com about uh, the Priory. And um, I'd like to share this with you because uh, it, it describes more about the history of the home and those who live there. Uh, include one, uh, including one who was very, very special, um, and uh, you'll find out why shortly. Um, and uh, the the excerpt goes as follow: 
The ivy-covered, the ivy-covered house was built for Sam Pryor, president of the Remington Arms Company, an American manufacturer of firearms and ammunition. His son, Sam Pryor Jr., stewarded the priority, priory through the next generation. Known for his hospitality and festive parties, the son frequently hosted presidents and dignitaries, New York City mayors, and even hundreds of his neighbors to enjoy the best view of the Yacht Club's 4th of July fireworks display from the sweeping lawn. A pilot and vice president of Pan American World Airlines, Sam Pryor Jr., was close friends with Charles Lindbergh and other aviators who regularly flew seaplanes from the private dock in the mid-20th century. The current owners um, have been in the house for about 20 years, um, as the story goes, and they did extensive renovation and, um, and uh, preservation. So, um, for example, here are some uh, descriptions of the details. The brick and stucco house has a paneled grand entry with a soaring three-story carved wooden staircase. Um, it goes on with some of the things that I uh, just described. Um, architectural details include original wood floors, high ceilings, some with hexagonal patterns, tiger oak paneling, a two-level playroom, and a formal dining room and French doors and a fireplace. Um, let's see, the second floor master suite features a bedroom overlooking Long Island Sound, a pool, um, luxury bathroom, two dressing rooms, and a study sitting room, um, and, um, and all. Um, some of the um, amenities, uh, again, also include 75 feet of direct waterfront uh, tennis court, uh, motor court, pool, um, uh, the beach and mooring, um, and, um, and things like that. It's only five minutes, by the way, from, uh, from downtown Greenwich uh, and, and in a very, very beautiful neighborhood. I share this with um, my, my um, ohana, uh, as we say in Hawaii, uh, ohana being the Hawaiian word for family. Um, and uh, because, as you know, I do live in Hawaii when I'm not here in, um, in Greenwich. And um, I asked them if any of the, uh, of the uh, uh, old timers there uh, perhaps knew Mr. Pryor. And I mentioned Hawaii um, because uh, of uh, something that, um, that uh, Mr. Pryor did in the latter part of his uh, life. I'm going to read his obituary to you. This is from the um, Los Angeles Times. It is dated September 20th, 1985, and it's from the LA Times archives. Um, and this would be Samuel F. Pryor, uh, Pioneer Aviation Industrialist. Um, and it goes as follows. Sam F. Pryor will be buried Saturday in a graveyard near the remote Maui village of Hana that he and his longtime friend Charles A. Lindbergh cleared by hand many years ago. Pryor, a pioneer aviation industrialist who began serving American presidents when Herbert Hoover was in office and who helped arrange the financing that sent Lindbergh across the Atlantic in 1927, was 87 when he died Wednesday. He had lived in relative seclusion in Hawaii, visited, visiting with Lindbergh's widow, who lives nearby, since retiring ex as executive vice president of Pan American World Airlines in the early 1960s. Until Lindbergh's death in 1974, he and the famed aviator had worked to preserve the plant and wildlife in the remote valley the former business associates had chosen for their retirement. Pryor, who until recently made daily visits to both his wife's and Lindbergh's graves, was lured into aviation from the steel industry in 1940 by a Yale classmate, Juan Tripp, Pan Am's founder. 
He was placed in charge of developing worldwide routes that during World War II became air corridors for military press and American spies. That same year, he managed the East Coast portion of Wendell Wilkie's unsuccessful presidential campaign. During the war, he also directed the building of 56 secret airfields in North Africa and Latin America and was later awarded the Legion of Merit by President Harry S. Truman. He was also given the Harmon Trophy for service to aviation. In 1979 interview with the Associated Press, Pryor told, told why he and Lindbergh had restored a rundown church and cleared the land for a small cemetery that both men agreed would be their final resting place. Quote, he said he wanted his eternal sleep here because of the Hindu proverb, proverb that I inscribed near the gate of my home. It says, quote, if there is a heaven on earth, it is here it is here, it is here, unquote. Now, Pryor is survived by three sons, that would be uh, Samuel III, Lawrence, and uh, Taylor Pryor, two daughters, Mary Taylor Thomas and uh, Frances Hawes, 16 grandchildren and two great-grandchildren. One of my friends wrote back and, um, and he, says, um, he says, I knew a na- man named Tap Pryor, and he was the, uh, one of the uh, founders of uh, Sea Life Park over in um, the Hawaii Kai section of the island of Oahu. This is over on the um, extreme um, uh, eastern tip of the, um, of the island uh, over near Makapu'u Point. And I said, my goodness, I said Tap Pryor was one of, um, of uh, Sam Pryor's uh, sons. So there is the, uh, the connection uh, there. Um, what a remarkable uh, history that that house and um, its occupants had, especially uh, Sam Pryor, Jr., um, I met him briefly, by the way, and uh, and I have to tell you, he is everything that everybody said that he was, uh, a wonderful human being, um, a uh, just a, a, one of those types of, um, of people that, um, you know, just knew everybody, uh, was a friend to everyone, was a uh, uh, just an outstanding citizen of the town of Greenwich and someone who um, very much was a part of our history and who we were proud of to have. I, I certainly hope, my friends, that, um, that the Priory is... Uh, preserved. Uh, and um, I do call upon those of you who do come to uh, to Greenwich, Connecticut. When you do come here to buy real estate, I hope that uh, that you will do your research to uh, learn about uh, its history and to um, and to join our um, our efforts to preserve our history and to preserve our culture. Um, chances are there have been some very extraordinary people that have trod the the hallways and the uh, the rooms of uh, of your home, and uh, and those stories and the uh, structures that they lived in certainly should be um, should be preserved so i thank you so much for uh, for listening uh, to uh, today to this wonderful description about this place called the the priory and i do hope that if you go out sailing um in uh, in uh, in greenwich harbor that you will certainly have the opportunity to uh, to gaze at it i certainly did and i even used my mind's eye and my imagination to imagine someone like charles Lindbergh and uh, other aviators flying in and out of um, of greenwich harbor in their uh, seaplanes it must have been a remarkable sight to see. My friends, my name is Jeffrey Bingham-Mead. I am a direct descendant of the 17th century founders of Greenwich, Connecticut, and I am also the host and producer of the Greenwich A Town for All Seasons show podcast. And it is my pleasure 
to host this podcast uh, and to share with you so much about the history and culture of a community that I and my family have called home for almost 400 years. Again, as I like to say, um, if you've been here for 381 years or 381 seconds, well, guess what? You are a part of our history, and we are so very, very, very glad uh, to have you. You know, it's time for me to um, to kind of uh, go off. I got to do a few things, and um, you know, so many things so little time, as they like to say. I want to thank you so much for listening to uh, this week's podcast. And uh, to please stay tuned. Uh, we've got some great things coming up in the um, in future podcasts. You can contact me anytime at GreenwichAtownForAllSeasons at gmail.com. Again, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, it's GreenwichAtownForAllSeasons at gmail.com is how you can contact me. Uh, please um, contact me with your questions and uh, anything else that you'd like to uh, to converse about and uh, i'll be more than happy to get back in touch with you a big thank you to peter s alexander of site design associates for sponsoring this podcast we're so very very grateful thank you peter so anyway my friends it's time to say not goodbye but good memories and until we meet again bye-bye now And hello, this is Jeffrey Bingham Mead, your host of the Greenwich Town for All Seasons show podcast. I am a direct descendant of the 17th century founders of Greenwich, Connecticut, and it is my sincerest pleasure to welcome you to today's September 29, 2021 show. So glad that you could be with us today. Now, whether you've been in Greenwich for 381 years, or for that matter, 381 seconds, well, guess what? We welcome you with open arms. And you know what? That means that you're also a part of our history. So uh, congratulations. Now, this is one of America's most fascinating and attractive communities, and uh, I ask you to join us as we explore and celebrate an evolving understanding of our history and culture. I hope that you will find our journey together an enjoyable one. And so, really, without any further ado, why don't we just get started? Coming up on today's show. Well, sitting behind the gates of the Field Point Circle Association, the Priory is a 12,000 square foot home designed in circa 1916 by the renowned architectural firm Cross & Cross in the spirit of an English countryside estate. This great estate has a fascinating history, and I'll be here to share some details with you. In 1921, an inspector of the Connecticut State Police Department single-handedly prevented a catastrophic 
catastrophic accident from occurring that involved a team of agitated runaway horses. I will also have some details about that. Tomorrow evening, the Greenwich Historical Society will be holding its 90th annual meeting and David Ogilvie Preservation Award at the Bellhaven Club. Now, you've no doubt passed by the Raynal Bowling monument in front of the Havemeyer building. That's the headquarters of the Greenwich Board of Education in downtown Greenwich at the intersection of Greenwich Avenue and Arch Street. Now, were you aware that there is another memorial for Cornell Bowling? But guess where it is? Well, you'll find out shortly. Now, summer has officially closed, and I'll share uh, some details on a popular resort destination in Greenwich and have some reflections about that. Its name Island Beach. I'll have news of events, activities, and historical experiences open to all members of the public. I'll have all this and more as the show unfolds. So, my friends, sit back, relax, and get ready. Stick around. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these important messages. The Greenwich Historical Society's annual Fall Festival is on Saturday, October 9, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., and you're invited. Bring the whole family for a festive day on the beautiful Historical Society campus at 47 Strickland Road in Coscob. Sing and dance with the Trummy Tones, compete in the annual Scarecrow Building Competition, paint like the Coscob Art Colony Impressionists did, and help create a community masterpiece. Tickets are available online. $50 per family for members, $60 per family for non-members includes Scarecrow Supplies. For more information and tickets for all fall programming, visit GreenwichHistory.org or call 203-869-6899. Again, for more information and tickets for all fall programming, visit GreenwichHistory.org or call 203-869-6899. Support is made possible by... Peter F. Alexander, you are the best. A member of the American Society of Landscape Architects and the American Planning Association, he is the founder and principal of Peter F. Alexander Landscape Architect. He's been in business since 1979. He is the founder of the Soundshore Environmental Information Institute. His notable projects include the Olympic Training Center at Lake Placid, New York, the Calf Island Conservancy here in Greenwich, Connecticut, its master plan, numerous residential projects and really a whole lot more. I've spent some time with Peter F. Alexander. He's a very, very intelligent man, a very gregarious one, and knows a lot about landscape architecture. I have learned so much from him, and he's a terrific gentleman to do business with. You can learn more about this wonderful resident, Peter F. Alexander, who is such a mainstay here in Greenwich, at sitedesignassociates.com. That's site designassociates.com. You can also call him at 203-869-8632. Again, that's 203-869-8632. And please, by all means, when you do call Peter F. Alexander, be sure to mention that Jeffrey Bingham Meads sent you. We also welcome Long Island Sound Institute. The Long Island Sound Institute understands that a bright future relies on brilliant ideas and methods. The Institute aims to use modern planning and implementing new technology to conserve Long Island Sound. Looking forward to its stewardship in the area. To learn more about LISI, go on the web to www.li.com. 
S-I-S-T-U-D-Y dot info or call 475-897-5444. Again, that's 475-897-5444. Well, the end of summer and the start of autumn is this very, very special time in Greenwich, Connecticut and the rest of the New England states here in America. Now, it conjures up sentiments of vacations, quieter times, warm days, and cool nights. Uh, Maybe you're back in school. Maybe your children are back in school. And there is, of course, the occasional superstorm or hurricane. But uh, given recent history, let's not go there, shall we? All right. Now, uh, one of uh, on one of our recent hot sunny days, I volunteered to help a neighbor whose grass was well uh, a, a tad bit high. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Now, knocking it all down with my trusty gas-powered string trimmer, all was going well. That is, well, until the head mysteriously ceased spinning. The drive shaft started vibrating in a very excited manner. Uh, my my intuition tell me that this was not very good. Now, this exciting turn of events was not necessarily good news, as it turned out, but at least all this disappointment unfolded after the last strands of the tall grass had been cut down to size. So, let's be honest, my, my, my timing was pretty good. Now, my neighbor was lucky, but me, well, hmm, not so much. All right. So, my go-to people in such hours of need are Herbie and Missy Farquhar. They are the fine proprietors of Banksville Lawn Equipment. Uh, I grew up with uh, Herbie and Missy Farquhar back in the day. Um, I dashed to their establishment on Banksville Road, um, and one of the novelties of this mecca for those who cherish the bliss associated with uh, sound, smooth, running lawn tools is that you can cross the road to the Banksville Community Center and be in Greenwich. Cross back, and you are standing in New York State. Now, I've known Missy and Herbie since we were children growing up in Greenwich's backcountry. And as I was walking uh, out of the garage, a fleet of lawnmowers and tractors caught my attention, and one caught my eye in particular. Now, its brand name, it's one that you probably don't know very well, but it's called Cub Cadet. Now, I smiled a bit, and I remarked it to Missy with uh, a feeling of nostalgia that my late father owned one of these gems uh, when uh, we had our uh, our place over in backcountry Greenwich uh, off Upper Lake Avenue in Round Hill. Now, responding in return with a nostalgic smile of her own, Missy said, oh, we still have your father's, and it still runs. Now, I have to tell you, my father died 11 years ago. Um, and he was 86 years old at the time, hadn't used uh, his Cub Cadet in uh, God knows uh, how many years. So this was really, I have to admit, quite a surprise. And indeed, I will confess that my jaw dropped to the ground when that news flash spirited me. Um, it's the kind of, uh, of news that, quite frankly, gall- gladdens the heart. Now, it, they named it Herb in uh, the, uh, the name of my late father's uh, memory. This writing mower was retrieved a few years before dad died uh, again 11 years ago. Um, it was parked among uh, the other seemingly forgotten tractors uh, of a bygone day, and one day they brought it into the garage, cleaned it up a bit, serviced a few things, 
And lo and behold, it started right up. That tells you something about, um, you know, lawnmower engineering back in the day. Now, this revelation brought back memories of my upbringing on my dad's uh, gentleman's farm up in, uh, in Round Hill. Uh, it was a really great place, I have to admit, to, uh, to grow up. We had farm animals, we had uh, trees, forests, uh, hills. Um, it began with a total of, um, uh, of 16 acres. It was really a paradise. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it really was, although I have to admit that one of my chores before I went off to Parkway Elementary School was that I had to feed all the animals before I went off to, uh, to school. That meant that uh, just as I do today, I had to get up at around five o'clock in the morning. But enough about that. Now, uh, it, uh, th this uh, news of the tractor and the sight of it, uh, it brought back memories of fun times behind the wheel in my elementary and middle school years, and it reminded me uh, that a celebration of personal history is full of joy and surprises. Um, I recalled uh, those times when Dad was training me riding that Cub Cadet uh, in the lively tradition of, uh, of cutting the lawn. This was way before, of course, I got my driver's license at age 16. Now his hands and, and arms uh, signals in retrospect reminded me of those souls uh, in uh, airport runways, uh, telling aircraft which way to go and, um, and so on. Um, as a good student, I did my duty and followed directions, although I'm going to confess to you uh, now uh, of intentionally demonstrating my growth and independence by sometimes straying off my dad's prescribed directions and that caused facial expressions long associated with the shall we say fatherly annoyance and uh, frustration uh, <laughs> now when all was said and done lessons went well and the lawn was cut until the um, un until the next time I, I mention this because you know in our everyday lives uh, you know we encounter people and we encounter circumstances and uh, and what have you and um, who knows maybe something like this will uh, will happen to you or you will run into some uh, object uh, associated with uh, with your childhood. You know, it is all history. Um, and it doesn't have to be my history in this case. Uh, it is mine, but it doesn't have to be yours. But I really do hope that, uh, that as you um, explore, that you... Um, uh, that you go on with your lives and everything, that things like this will happen. It really makes your day. It certainly made mine. Uh, and so uh, there you have it. Uh, remember, history is very personal. And, um, and I hope that, uh, that your history, uh, the one that is now um, you know, behind you, the one that is happening now, and the history that is before you are fantastic ones that bring you uh, an abundance of smiles. <laughs> Well, my friends, your opportunity to get hands-on with the Create in the Barn series is coming up at the Greenwich Historical Society. Now, mark your calendars for October 21, year 2021, of course, is coming up in a few weeks, Mixed Media Painting Workshop with Katie Gary. Now, for over a century... The Bush Holly House and Grounds have nurtured creativity, design, and artful living. Of course, it is the home of America's first uh, American Impressionist art colony in Cascab. This fall, join us for intimate hands-on workshops celebrating creative expression from floral design and painting to entertaining and decorating. Join us for cocktails and camaraderie presented with local realtor Karen McKenna and hosted in our historic barn. And again, the Next one coming up is on October 21st, year 2021, Mixed Media Painting Workshop with Katie Gary. This is $80 for members 
$90 for non-members, and you can learn more by going online to GreenwichHistory.org. Again, go online to GreenwichHistory.org. You can also call the Greenwich Historical Society anytime at area code 203-869-6899. You know, also at the Greenwich Historical Society, History in the Making, Honoring the Philanthropy of Barbara and Ray Dalio is coming up on October 13, 2021. The Greenwich Historical Society's long-awaited History in the Making Award Dinner, Honoring the Philanthropic Leadership of Barbara and Ray Dalio, is set for October 13, so please mark your calendars. Philanthropist, author, and Carlisle Group founder David Rubenstein will interview the Dalios in an intimate conversation, and Indra Nui, the past honoree and former chairman of PepsiCo, will present the award. Proceeds from the event support the expansion of the Greenwich Historical Society's education programs, including its partnership with Title I schools in Greenwich. Individual tickets are now available, and again, you can go to GreenwichHistory.org. Again, GreenwichHistory.org. You can also call 203 869-6899. You know, my friends, I have an opportunity for you to be at a wonderful fundraiser on one of Greenwich's great estates, and this will, of course, help our good friends over the Greenwich Historical Society. I'm talking, of course, about the Full Fet, which is going to be held at Foundation House at Old Mill Farm. This is going to be on November 4th. And here is how it goes. Celebrate the best of fashion, art, and design at an evening in one of Greenwich's Elizabethan-style great estates. Presented in the tradition of antiquarius, Fulfet is a critical fundraiser benefiting Greenwich Historical Society's programs in education, historic preservation, and the arts. This year's event is presented by Oscar de la Renta, led by Chairs Holly Casson, Heather Georges, Deborah Schmidt-Robinson, and Catherine Tompkins, and supported by co-chairs Alexandra Kittle, Douglas Janetto, and Mimi Moulton. Site of the circa 1796 Sylvanus Selleck Grist Mill, listed on the National Register of Historic Places, the Old Mill Farm Estate was built in 1927, is the former estate of actor Mel Gibson, and is today the home of Foundation House. My friends, you can go online at GreenwichHistory.org, again, GreenwichHistory.org, Uh, For more information and to purchase tickets, um, you can also call 203-869-6899. Again, that 203-869-6899. This really sounds like a fantastic uh, event to go to, and I invite you to attend. Support is made possible by... Peter F. Alexander, you are the best. A member of the American Society of Landscape Architects and the American Planning Association, he is the founder and principal of Peter F. Alexander Landscape Architect. He's been in business since 1979. He is the founder of the Soundshore Environmental Information Institute. His notable projects include the Olympic Training Center at Lake Placid, New York, the Calf Island Conservancy here in Greenwich, Connecticut, its master plan, numerous 
numerous residential projects and really a whole lot more. I've spent some time with Peter F. Alexander. He's a very, very intelligent man, a very gregarious one, and knows a lot about landscape architecture. I have learned so much from him, and he's a terrific gentleman to do business with. You can learn more about this wonderful resident, Peter F. Alexander, who is such a mainstay here in Greenwich, at sitedesignassociates.com. That's site designassociates.com. You can also call him at 203-869-8632. Again, that's 203-869-8632. And please, by all means, when you do call Peter F. Alexander, be sure to mention that Jeffrey Bingham Meads sent you. We also welcome Long Island Sound Institute. The Long Island Sound Institute understands that a bright future relies on brilliant ideas and methods. The Institute aims to use modern planning and implementing new technology to conserve Long Island Sound. Looking forward to its stewardship in the area. To learn more about LISI, go on the web to www.lisistudy.info or call 475-897-5444. Again, that's 475 475- Eight nine seven five four four four. As many of you know, we in Greenwich, Connecticut, are commemorating and celebrating the one hundred and twenty-fifth anniversary of the founding of the Greenwich Police Department. And so, from time to time, we're going to have some crime stories uh, from uh, Greenwich history and. Uh, This one's kind of strange. I'm going to admit it to you. Um, Let's see what what you have to say. Uh, If you would like to contact me with your uh, comments, you can always do so anytime by going on your email and sending your comments to GreenwichAtownForAllSeasons at gmail.com. Again, contact me. I'm Jeffrey Bingham Mead, your host here at the Greenwich A Town For All Seasons show podcast. And you can email me anytime at GreenwichAtownForAllSeasons at gmail.com. This is from September 1921, so uh, 100 years ago, roughly. And... um, The headline on this says, Shoe Leather Bank. Bowles misses $2,000 placed in toe of his shoe. Yes, I'm very, very serious. Could you imagine if you uh, saw your name associated with uh, a headline like that, whether it was 100 years ago or or, or even in in, in the early 21st century, of course, that we're in right now? uh, I I think you'd be rather mortified. Uh, So anyway, I'm just going to to read this story uh, to you. It goes like this. David Bowles of Greenwich, proprietor of a cafe on Lewis Street, has reported to the Greenwich police the loss of $2,000, again, this is in 1921, which he believes was stolen from the toe of one of his shoes. On Labor Day, Bowles sent a pair of shoes to a boot black here to have them shined and forgot for the moment that he had placed $2,000 in bills of large denominations in the toe of one of them. The the shoes were returned, but the money is missing. Yes, Ambrose Bowles, a brother of David, was held up and robbed of a considerable sum of money some time ago, 
and it is said that Dave Bowles has since been afraid that he might be held up in a similar manner, so he used the toe of his shoe as a bank. <clears throat> yes, the Stamford police have been assisting the police, I assume the Greenwich police, in the search for the man who shined Bull's shoes, for he is believed to be a resident of Stamford, one suspected by the local police is uh, as being the party guilty of the money, was held here, but later released from custody. That's the end of the story. So um, I, I don't know. Uh, how many of you put uh, put money in your shoes for uh, safekeeping? I, I would imagine that it's um, not very many of you. I'm sure that there's an exception out there. Uh, who knows? But uh, you know, just remember to um, you know to keep your wallet or keep your money or whatever it is, your cash, credit cards, debit cards, uh, coupons. I don't know, um, in a place where you can remember and um, and not send them off, uh, as uh, Mr. Bowles did uh, 100 years ago. Hmm. Uh, the following is a story that uh, I found in the Greenwich News and Graphic. It uh, dates from September 2nd, uh, 1921. So again, uh, roughly. Uh, 100 years ago, and it's about Island Beach. Um, its uh, headline is a popular resort, and this really caught my eye uh, because, again, we're, we're talking about 100 years ago, 1921, and um, the subheadline says Island Beach has had 80,000 patrons this summer. I mean, can you believe that? This is 100 years ago. I don't know how many people uh, went out to um, to Island Beach uh, this year, uh, 2021. It'd be interesting to uh, to find that out and how it compares. Uh, so let me, again, just read this story to you. It's a rather short one. So here we go. All right. The patronage at Island Beach the past summer has far exceeded the expectations of the town officials. Thus far this season, the Island Beach, which has a capacity of 300 passengers, has carried at least 80,000 persons to this popular town resort, and the boat has covered more than 9,000 miles in her trips to and from the beach without a single accident. That's really good. Well, now, during the, uh, the, the two seasons, the boat has been in operation. She has been off duty but four days, and then only minor repairs were necessary. From the present popularity of Island Beach, a much larger boat will be needed in the future. Captain Clarence Palmer and Winfred Winfield Mills, the engineer, both take pride in the Island Beach boat, and she is kept in A1 condition. I have to admit, folks, that that is still very much the um, the case today. The Island Beach boat is really a point of pride for uh, so many Greenwich residents, uh, you know, and um, and Island Beach is uh, is truly one of um, of the town's treasures. Now, of course, we're closed for the season. Um, but um, it is something to look forward to for uh, for next year, and um, and I hope that those of you who were able to get out to uh, to Island Beach uh, were able to do so and to um, and to enjoy uh, the uh, the facilities out there, the beach and everything else. Um, it was so great to to see in Greenwich Free Press that the the snack bar had been uh, reopened. Uh, that was really fantastic uh, news, uh, but truly one of the uh, the great treasures of the whole Island Beach uh, experience is to ride the boat uh, from uh, the dock at Greenwich Harbor out to the beach to see the um, uh, the mansions over in uh, Field Point and uh, and Bell Haven, uh, and um, and to see uh, some of the larger yachts that are uh, berthed in uh, Greenwich Harbor and um, other things. 
uh, along the way. Something to look forward to as you plan uh, for year 2022 uh, and uh, the season uh, of, uh, of summer over there. It's never too early to anticipate that. So hope you all had great memories for those of you that went out to, uh, to Island Beach. There are those in the uh, early years of the 21st century that we are in right now who are very preoccupied with um, all things carbon. You know, you hear about carbon tax and um, you know, proposed and all sorts of things to do with uh, with carbon. Um, believe it or not, I found an ad uh, from 100 years ago in one of the Greenwich uh, papers. Um, it's a uh, motor gasoline uh, ad, and um, and and the uh, the text is very very interesting. Um, and uh, I'd like to uh, to just read this to you. I'm also going to post this at uh, Greenwich Town for All Seasons blogspot.com. You'll be able to uh, to see it uh, there. The uh, the ad is um, it's uh, it, it's a drawing, not a cartoon, but it's a drawing of a man who is holding a um, a gas pump hose. Um, he's standing behind a gas pump, and then next to him is a um, uh, an automobile, again from a hundred years ago, with a man uh, in a um, in a hat and um, uh, jacket and uh, and tie and and uh, collared shirt, um, and the uh, the text uh, goes as uh, follows. Says the dealer, quote, less carbon. Quote, some motorists have a lot of trouble with carbon. Believe me, there would be less knocking on hills, fewer, fewer scratched cylinder walls, and less spark plug fouling if everybody would use Sacconi gasoline. Quote, it has taken nearly two generations of refiners to produce Sacconi, but when you have it in your tank, you know you are right. It's all clean power, no waste, full mileage, quick starting, always pure, always uniform. Um, and apparently, uh, Sacconi, uh, I think that's how you pronounce it, it's spelled S-O-C-O-N-Y, um, motor gasoline. It is produced by the Standard Oil Company of New York. I guess it's the abbreviation of the, um, of the company. And then there's a quote that says, every gallon the same. Uh, I guess people were preoccupied that maybe when they bought gas, they wouldn't get, um, you know, quite the amount uh, that they, they wanted. I don't know. Who knows? But it was a very interesting uh, thing to, um, uh, to find that, uh, that people even back then, well, maybe in a, in a different way, of course, uh, were uh, concerned about all things to do with, uh, with carbon and uh, seeing it reduced. Who knows? You know, one of the things that I like to do uh, is uh, to walk up and down Greenwich Avenue. And um, and if you've known me for any amount of time, one of the things that you know that is a very, very big morning preoccupation with me is that I absolutely positively must have uh, morning coffee. I just can't get my day off, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. I know that I have a lot of company out there. Um, and fortunately, in, um, in this day and age, in uh, year uh, 2021, we have uh, a growing number of uh, coffee cafes and coffee houses uh, sprouting up on, uh, on Greenwich Avenue. Um, there's one in particular uh, that uh, is um, uh, located uh, across the street from the old uh, post office uh, at the intersection of uh, Arch Street and um, uh, and uh, and Greenwich Avenue. Uh, it's a favorite of mine, and um, uh, and I, I like to go there, order coffee, and to sit outside. Um, actually, in most all kinds of weather, um, except for the rain, obviously. Um, and so if you have walked anywhere in that area of the intersection of Greenwich Avenue and Arch Street at the old uh, post office, 
Um, you've probably noticed the, um, uh, the memorial for um, Colonel Raynal Bowling. Um, of course, he was the first American officer of high rank to fall in, um, in World War I. Um, he was a Greenwich resident, and there was, of course, a very large memorial to him uh, that, um, uh, that is there in front of the Havemeyer Building, the headquarters of the uh, Board of Education. Uh, but did you know that that is not the only memorial to, uh, to Colonel Bowling? This is something that I only found out recently, um, and I wanted to share this with you. Um, uh, this is from an edition, let me see. Oh, yes, from the August 26, 1921 edition of the Greenwich News and Graphic. Um, and it goes as follows. So follow along with me here. Dr. J.C. Phillips establishes Grove in California to Colonel's memory. And it goes, uh, uh, and I quote it as uh, the story as follows. As a memorial to Colonel Reynolds C. Bowling of Greenwich, first American officer of high rank, to give his life in the World War while in the United States Air Service, Dr. J.C. Phillips, a Wenham, Massachusetts brother-in-law of Colonel Bowling, has established the Bowling Memorial Redwood Grove on the South Fork of the L River in Humboldt County, California. The grove has been purchased by Dr. Phillips, and a deed will be given to the Redwood League. It will be held by the League until it is made public property and assured of being preserved for the generations to come. A memorial tablet to Colonel Bowling has been placed near the highway at the entrance of the grove. It reads as follows, quote, This grove is dedicated to the memory of Colonel Raynal C. Bowling, SC, USA, lawyer, patriot, soldier, born September 1877 in Arkansas, killed in action during the German offensive near Armaines, France, March 26, 1918, the first American officer, high rank, to fall in the World War. I would love to hear from uh, any of my uh, listeners uh, who may be familiar with uh, this location, Humboldt County, California, um, at the South Fork of the um, of the L River. Uh, I haven't been to California in quite a number of um, of years, but maybe uh, some of you have been, and it would be very interesting to um, uh, to find out if uh, this memorial uh, grove is uh, is still there. So if you can find out uh, about this, would you please contact me? I'd love to hear from you. Again, my email address that you can reach me at any time is greenwichatownforallseasons at gmail.com. I'll say that again. And by the way, it's all in one word, greenwichatownforallseasons at gmail.com. Really, I'd love to hear from you. And um, if even if you don't have uh, an answer to uh, to this query of mine um, and uh, and all, if you have any questions about Greenwich history that you would like to uh, to contact me about, I, I would love to hear from you. So uh, please mark that email address that I just gave out, GreenwichAtownForAllSeasons at gmail.com. Contact me with your questions about anything uh, to do with the uh, history and culture of the town of Greenwich, Connecticut. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. <laughs> Tomorrow night, the Greenwich Historical Society will be holding its annual meeting, the 90th annual meeting, um, at the Belhaven Club. That would be on September 30th, uh, 2021, from 5.45 
to 8 p.m. Uh, one of the special aspects of the meeting is going to be a special presentation of the inaugural David F. Ogilvie Preservation Award and the Greenwich Landmarks Recognition Ceremony. Um, at that time, uh, four Greenwich structures owned, designed, or dedicated to trailblazing women will receive bronze, bronze plaques um, in recognition of their design excellence and value in preserving Greenwich's unique ar architectural heritage. Um, David Ogilvie will be uh, granted posthumously the Greenwich Historical Society's first David Ogilvie Preservation Award um, to recognize his contributions to historic preservation in, um, in Greenwich. Um, one of the things that I wanted to do to uh, recognize David Ogilvie's um, outstanding um, uh, contributions to the preservation of the history and culture of Greenwich, Connecticut, is to read an article um, that um, uh, that I found. Um, and it was uh, written by Ann Sems uh, of the uh, Greenwich Sentinel. Um, it is dated February 7th, uh, 2020. Um, and the headline is saying goodbye to Greenwich icon and friend David Ogilvie. Um, and it uh, it goes as follows. On Monday, the town of Greenwich lost one of its most notable citizens, David Ogilvie, a realtor with an international reach with a lifelong commitment to his community. He died at age 77 from his off-again, on-again battle with multiple myeloma surrounded by his family. Ogilvie grew up with a name synonymous with advertising. His father, David, was founder of the Ogilvie & Mather Advertising Agency, but young David's expertise would be in buying and selling some of Greenwich's most beautiful residences. Founding David Ogilvie & Associates in 1985, that became the exclusive affiliate for Christie's International Real Estate. He recently sold his firm to Sotheby's International Realty in 2019. Quote, I started in real estate at age 24, unquote, he once told Quote, and have loved it ever since, unquote. And, and of course, that, uh, that was very, very true. David was the consummate gentleman and a purveyor of all things real estate, said Pam Pagnani, Sotheby's senior vice president and Greenwich brokerage manager. Quote, his name is synonymous with Greenwich real estate and his legend will live on. We all thought of David as a trusted and talented colleague. He is what every agent aspired to be. He will be missed greatly and we will proudly carry on his legacy. Once asked during his tenure with David Ogilvie Associates how he would approach selling a $10 million house versus a $1 million house, um, he replied, quote, everybody's house is their castle. We always mention that the $1 million house is as important to that owner as it is to the $10 million house owner. I hope that everybody who buys a house loves the house. That's why we're in the business. As a company, we work very hard finding the right house for the right person. And so it is a love affair, unquote. Ogilvie was also proud of his town and spent considerable time working to conserve its historic houses and properties. He served on the advisory council of the Greenwich Historical Society and was former president of the Greenwich Land Trust 
and a longtime supporter of the Greenwich Tree Conservancy. His efforts were also instrumental in conserving the Pomerantz Tuckman property in Coscob, next to the Montgomery Pinetum, and in the town's acquisition of the Latin's Rock Preserve in Old Greenwich. He was first recipient of Audubon's Lifetime Conservation Achievement Award. With his profile of grace and generosity in his service to his community. Ogilvy was honored as one of only two recipients ever to receive the Boys and Girls Club National Medallion Award. The list of his nonprofit support goes on and on, but one has to add his being chosen Harpoon Club honoree. He was actively involved in supporting the multiple myeloma research foundation. Whatever organization he loved, he left it in a better place. A graduate of Brunswick School, Ogilvy had attended Greenwich Country Day School that would honor him with their Distinguished Alumni Award. With a love of sailing, he would serve as Commodore of the Belhaven Yacht Club. He leaves behind his devoted wife, Anne, daughters Melinda Fairfield Ogilvy, and Charlotte and Wells Polar. In addition, he is survived by his stepchildren from his first marriage, Friedolf William Stillman and Christopher Henson. David Ogilvy, and this is from the obituary, will be remembered tomorrow, Saturday at 3 p.m. at the memorial service at Christ Church, Greenwich, 254 East Putnam Avenue. That was um, a, a fine, uh, a really, really fine tribute that uh, Ann Sims wrote for uh, for David Ogilvy. Um, he really was a, um, a a true Renaissance man, and um, and the fact that um, that an award at the Greenwich Historical Society has been named in his honor is um, is uh, truly a, a, a wonderful thing, and uh, something that uh, that uh, we will remember him for for many, many, many years uh, to come. One of the things that um, Anne didn't mention, but um, is well known to us, that that he was a descendant of the founders of uh, Greenwich uh, through um, his mother's uh, lineage. He was a, a direct descendant of. Um, uh, of the Ferris family, and um, and of course, I believe that one of the things that he was very much involved in was the preservation of the Feek Ferris House over on Shore Road in Old Greenwich, uh, which, um, as many of us know today, is uh, the oldest house still standing in Greenwich, uh, Connecticut today. So that is something that uh, that we are also very, very grateful for the uh, the late David Ogilvy uh, for um, for giving the town of Greenwich. <laughs> If you have known me for any amount of time, you are aware of my near obsession with the activity of hiking. It's, it's been nearly two years in which I've been here in my ancestral home here in Greenwich, Connecticut, though um, uh, in my other home in Hawaii and elsewhere in the um, Indo-Pacific uh, Rim, um, it's, it's something that is never far from, uh, from my mind or from my heart. Um, I love to travel, as uh, as many of you know, and throughout my global ex- explorations over the past quarter century, I am constantly reminded that we walk through humanity's colorful and complicated history everywhere that we go, and that's including here in uh, a community like Greenwich, Connecticut. You know, what a dazzling experience it's been for me to, uh, to walk in places uh, dating back um, untold centuries, uh, contemplating history's kaleidoscopic moments, 
um, and movements, uh, shifts and changes. Uh, stories and legends of um, uh, really do add texture to the experience of, uh, of these journeys on foot. Um, stories about historical figures you may or may not know are always there as our companions uh, studying, standing ready uh, to tickle your fancy. And, um, you know, as a historian uh, uh, and a lecturer and academic and uh, all sorts of other things, that uh, that certainly is uh, true. One of the things that I invite you to do, um, especially since the weather here in uh, Greenwich is, um, is still warm, uh, we, we haven't had any snow yet, and I hope we don't for a while anyway, um, is to go out and and, um, and and go hiking around uh, around town. It's 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 a wonderful experience to go out and to see uh, Greenwich, Connecticut, or any community on foot. Um, of course, you have to be a little bit careful because uh, people do drive a little bit fast. So I'd like to make an appeal to those of you who are uh, drivers um, in Greenwich or any community, wherever you are, uh, that uh, listen that is listening to me right now. Would you please slow down and um, and and maybe be a little bit more uh, cautious? Um, for the pedestrians that are um, out there um, enjoying the uh, the uh, the weather and the sights of um, of our landscape uh, here in Greenwich and uh, elsewhere, uh, it's a wonderful thing to do. It's great exercise, and uh, given some of the aspects of the um, of the pandemic that uh, that we have all been experiencing uh, worldwide, um, it really is good to get outdoors and to enjoy the fresh air and uh, to take in the sights that are um, are, are all around us. Now, one of the things that um, I wanted to kind of uh, do as we conclude today's podcast is that I wanted to take you on a little bit of a journey to uh, a very, very special uh, great estate mansion that um, is uh, still with us. Although um, I do have some news that I need to share about this that um, uh, that you may not like very much, and um, uh, that includes me, by the way. Uh, the place that I'm referring to is known as the Priory. It is an historic 1916 mansion that is located on Greenwich, Connecticut's coveted Field Point Circle. Uh, it recently sold uh, for, uh, I believe, about $25 million dollars. Um, and um, in in July nineteen uh, uh, twenty twenty, I mean, sorry, I'm getting my centuries mixed up. What's wrong with me? Um, the address is one thirty Field Point Circle. Please don't go there. There is a gate, and um, the security man will not let you through until uh, or unless rather you have uh, authorization to go there. Um, but the reason that I bring it to your um, attention is that it has a very 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 special history, and I got to tell you, it's an extraordinary sight to uh, to see this mansion. If you've taken the island beach boat uh, and you've looked over toward uh, Field Point uh, Circle, the Belhaven uh, area, um, you can see it uh, from the um, from the waters of uh, Greenwich Harbor. Um, recently, my very good friend and uh, sponsor of this uh, of this podcast, uh, uh, that would be, of course, Peter F. Alexander, um, contacted me and he said, "Come on, let's go for a boat ride." And of course, you know, when Peter contacts you for a boat ride, you don't refuse. So uh, ran down as fast as I could, uh, jumped on board the um, uh, on board his uh, his boat uh, over in Cascop Harbor. We went out and and uh, and all. And as we rounded uh, and headed uh, towards uh, towards Greenwich Harbor. Um, and toward the area of the Bellhaven Club and, um, and, and whatnot. Uh, this particular house, the Priory, as it's known as, um, is, 
it, it, it's just right there uh, up on top of the hill. There's a big lawn that stretches down to, um, uh, to, the, uh, to the shoreline. It is a remarkable place and a remarkable site. The thing that I do have to tell you that's also a bit remarkable, unfortunately, is that um, the new owners uh, have apparently applied for uh, permission to demolish the mansion. Uh, I have no idea why. The one thing that I can tell you uh, is that the Greenwich Historical Society has decided to uh, to protest this, uh, and uh, they have gone to uh, to the town government and uh, and done so, which um, of course puts in a delay of demolition. Uh, so uh, there is some time uh, for uh, all the parties involved to uh, hopefully persuade the owners to uh, to change their mind and to preserve this uh, landmark as I hope that it will be. It is a remarkable place. What I'm going to read to you um, right now is uh, an excerpt from uh, pricypads.com uh, of all of all websites. Well, you have to wonder. Well, no, actually, you don't have to wonder. I mean, uh, $25 million is pretty pricey for a piece of real estate. I think even David Ogilvie would, <laughs> would agree with that. Um, but this has a, a wonderful description that I'd like to to share uh, with you. Um, and it goes as follows. A charming historic home with a storybook aesthetic on a 2.4 acre waterfront estate has hit the market in Greenwich. Now, as we know, it's um, uh, it, it has been uh, sold. Um, the home sits behind the gates of the Field Point Circle Association, which offers just 27 home sites with a single access point and 24-hour security, making it one of the nation's most prestigious addresses. Known as the Priory, the 12,000-square-foot home was designed in circa 1916 by architectural firm Cross & Cross in the spirit of an English countryside estate. Through the ivy-covered front door awaits the paneled grand entry with its soaring three-story carved wooden staircase. The adjacent double living room is bookended by stately fireplaces and flooded with light thanks to the span of windows and French doors out to the terrace and water beyond. Spectacular water views and a glimpse of Oyster Bay, that would be over in Long Island, of course, can be seen from the dining room, gourmet kitchen with double island and breakfast room. There are eight bedrooms and nine bathrooms throughout. Um, the 2.4-acre estate includes a private beach with mooring, a swimming pool, tennis court, and 75 feet of waterfront. But as with all such homes, uh, there is more to the story. And I have one that is um, from MansionGlobal.com about uh, the Priory. And um, I'd like to share this with you because uh, it, it describes more about the history of the home and those who live there. Uh, include one, uh, including one who is very, very special, um, and uh, you'll find out why shortly. Um, and uh, the the excerpt goes as follow: the ivy covered uh, the ivy covered house was built for Sam Pryor, president of the Remington Arms Company, an American manufacturer of firearms and ammunition. His son Sam Pryor Jr. stewarded the priority priory through the next generation. Known for his hospitality and festive parties, the Sun frequently hosted presidents and dignitaries, New York City mayors, and even hundreds of his neighbors to enjoy the best view of the Yacht Club's 4th of July fireworks display from the sweeping lawn. 
a pilot and vice president of Pan American World Airlines, Sam Pryor Jr., was close friends with Charles Lindbergh and other aviators who regularly flew seaplanes from the private dock in the mid-20th century. The current owners um, have been in the house for about 20 years, um, as the story goes, and they did extensive renovation and, um, and uh, preservation. So, um, for example, here are some uh, descriptions of the details. The brick and stucco house has a paneled grand entry with a soaring three-story carved wooden staircase. Um, it goes on with some of the things that I uh, just described. Um, architectural details include original wood floors, high ceilings, some with hexagonal patterns, tiger oak paneling, a two-level playroom, and a formal dining room and French doors and a fireplace. Um, let's see, the second floor master suite features a bedroom overlooking Long Island Sound, a pool, um, luxury bathroom, two dressing rooms, and a study sitting room, um, and, um, and all. Um, some of the um, amenities, uh, again, also include 75 feet of direct waterfront uh, tennis court, uh, motor court, pool, um, uh, the beach in mooring, um, and, um, and things like that. It's only five minutes, by the way, from, uh, from downtown Greenwich uh, and, and in a very, very beautiful neighborhood. I share this with um, my, my um, ohana, uh, as we say in Hawaii, uh, ohana being the Hawaiian word for family. Um, and uh, because, as you know, I do live in Hawaii when I'm not here in, um, in Greenwich. And um, I asked them if any of the, uh, of the uh, uh, old timers there uh, perhaps knew Mr. Pryor. And I mentioned Hawaii um, because uh, of uh, something that, um, that uh, Mr. Pryor did in the latter part of his uh, life. I'm going to read his obituary to you. This is from the um, Los Angeles Times. It is dated September 20th, 1985, and it's from the LA Times archives. Um, and this would be Samuel F. Pryor, uh, Pioneer Aviation Industrialist. Um, and it goes as follows. Sam F. Pryor will be buried Saturday in a graveyard near the remote Maui village of Hana that he and his longtime friend Charles A. Lindbergh cleared by hand many years ago. Pryor, a pioneer aviation industrialist who began serving American presidents when Herbert Hoover was in office and who helped arrange the financing that sent Lindbergh across the Atlantic in 1927, was 87 when he died Wednesday. He had lived in relative seclusion in Hawaii, visited, visiting with Lindbergh's widow, who lives nearby, since retiring ex as executive vice president of Pan American World Airlines in the early 1960s. Until Lindbergh's death in 1974, he and the famed aviator had worked to preserve the plant and wildlife in the remote valley the former business associates had chosen for their retirement. Pryor, who until recently made daily visits to both his wife's and Lindbergh's graves, was lured into aviation from the steel industry in 1940 by a Yale classmate, Juan Tripp, Pan Am's founder. He was placed in charge of developing worldwide routes that during World War II became air corridors for military brass and American spies. That same year, he managed the East Coast portion of Wendell Wilkie's unsuccessful presidential campaign. During the war, he also directed the building of 56 secret airfields in North Africa and Latin America and was later awarded the Legion of Merit by President Harry S. Truman. He was also given the Harmon Trophy for service to aviation. 
1979 interview with the Associated Press, Pryor told told why he and Lindbergh had restored a rundown church and cleared the land for a small cemetery that both men agreed would be their final resting place. Quote, he said he wanted his eternal sleep here because of the Hindu proverb, proverb that I inscribed near the gate of my home. It says, quote, if there is a heaven on earth, it is here, it is here, it is here, unquote. Now, Pryor is survived by three sons, that would be uh, Samuel III, Lawrence, and uh, Taylor Pryor, two daughters, Mary Taylor Thomas and uh, Frances Hawes, 16 grandchildren and two great-grandchildren. One of my friends wrote back and, um, and he, says, um, he says, I knew a na- man named Tap Pryor, and he was the, uh, one of the uh, founders of uh, Sea Life Park over in um, the Hawaii Kai section of the island of Oahu. This is over on the um, extreme um, uh, eastern tip of the, um, of the island uh, over near Makapu'u Point. And I said, my goodness, I said Tap Pryor was one of, um, of uh, Sam Pryor's uh, sons. So there is the, uh, the connection uh, there. Um, what a remarkable uh, history that that house and um, its occupants had, especially uh, Sam Pryor, Jr., um, I met him briefly, by the way, and uh, and I have to tell you, he is everything that everybody said that he was, uh, a wonderful human being, um, a uh, just a, a, one of those types of, um, of people that, um, you know, just knew everybody, uh, was a friend to everyone, was a uh, uh, just an outstanding citizen of the town of Greenwich and someone who um, very much was a part of our history and who we were proud of to have. I, I certainly hope, my friends, that, um, that the Priory is... Uh, preserved. Uh, and um, I do call upon those of you who do come to uh, to Greenwich, Connecticut. When you do come here to buy real estate, I hope that uh, that you will do your research to uh, learn about uh, its history and to um, and to join our um, our efforts to preserve our history and to preserve our culture. Um, chances are there have been some very extraordinary people that have trod the the hallways and the uh, the rooms of uh, of your home, and uh, and those stories and the uh, structures that they lived in certainly should be um, should be preserved so i thank you so much for uh, for listening uh, to uh, today to this wonderful description about this place called the the priory and i do hope that if you go out sailing um in uh, in uh, in greenwich harbor that you will certainly have the opportunity to uh, to gaze at it i certainly did and i even used my mind's eye and my imagination to imagine someone like charles Lindbergh and uh, other aviators flying in and out of um, of greenwich harbor in their uh, seaplanes it must have been a remarkable sight to see. My friends, my name is Jeffrey Bingham-Mead. I am a direct descendant of the 17th century founders of Greenwich, Connecticut, and I am also the host and producer of the Greenwich A Town for All Seasons show podcast. And it is my pleasure to host this podcast uh, and to share with you so much about the history and culture of a community that I and my family have called home for almost 400 years. Again, as I like to say, um, if you've been here for 381 years or 381 seconds, well, guess what? You are a part of our history, and we are so very, very, very glad uh, to have you. You know, it's time for me to um, to kind of uh, go off. I got to do a few things and. 
And, um, you know, so many things, so little time, as they like to say. I want to thank you so much for listening to uh, this week's podcast. And uh, to please stay tuned. Uh, we've got some great things coming up in the um, in future podcasts. You can contact me anytime at GreenwichAtownForAllSeasons at gmail.com. Again, again <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, it's GreenwichAtownForAllSeasons at gmail.com is how you can contact me. Uh, please, um, contact me with your questions and uh, anything else that you'd like to uh, to converse about and uh, I'll be more than happy to get back in touch with you. A big thank you to Peter S. Alexander of Site Design Associates for sponsoring this podcast. We're so very, very grateful. Thank you, Peter. So anyway, my friends, it's time to say not goodbye, but good memories. And until we meet again, bye-bye now.